in Christ. Brent was 18 years old when I first met him. Now his father and mother had been dead for a long time, and he had no other options, so he went to go and live with his aunt until he came to live at my dad and stepmom's place where they take care of disabled and elderly. Now, he didn't look anything like an 18-year-old. He looked more like an 11-year-old on account of having had four liver transplants in his life. And when he came to our home, he wasn't a Christian. He really knew nothing about it. And so we had the opportunity to witness to him. And by the power of the gospel, he was brought to faith in our Lord Jesus. And so we told him about baptism and how we receive the forgiveness of sins in baptism. And he got really excited about this. He wanted to be baptized. And so we had a date set up at church for the baptism. But as it got closer to that date, his health condition got worse to the point where he was spending more time in the hospital than he was in our home. And on the day of his baptism, when he was going to be baptized, my dad and stepmom Deanne went to the hospital to see if he could leave for just a few hours to be baptized. And the doctor was there. He didn't advise it because of his health condition. But Brent, he went against his doctor's advice. He slid out of bed and he said, I'm going to get baptized. Ain't nobody going to stop me. And that night he was baptized. Nobody was going to stop Jesus from being baptized either. Not even John the Baptist. Because from the moment Jesus took on human flesh, he had been anointed to be the Redeemer of the world. And so at his baptism, he was publicly declared to be our anointed substitute. And to better understand this substitution, it is important to remember Christ's priestly office. We speak of three offices that Jesus had, prophet, priest, and king. And as a priest, he is a mediator, a mediator between us and God. And so he was baptized for us as our high priest. And just like all high priests began their ministry by being washed, so Jesus began his ministry by being baptized. And if you look in Leviticus chapter 8, Aaron, one of the first high priests, was called by God, washed, and then began carrying out his priestly duties. So also Jesus was baptized, and having received the title of high priest by the Father's words, this is my son whom I love, he began his public ministry as our substitute. And if you look also, Jesus was baptized for us to fulfill all righteousness. Unlike the other high priests who would wash once a year, sacrifice that animal once a year as they went into the most holy place in the temple with that animal blood, Jesus was baptized once. And then, on the cross, offered up his own holy, pure, perfect blood. One sacrifice for all time. No 
earthly, sinful priest could do this. Which is why they would keep washing, keep sacrificing year after year as they looked forward to that perfect sacrifice, that perfect high priest. And if you look in Luke chapter 3, you see that in Luke's account of Jesus' baptism, you'll see that Jesus began praying right, right after he was baptized. And that's one of the duties of a high priest. He prays. He prays to God on behalf of the people. And so you see, Jesus was baptized for us and immediately began carrying out his duties as our substitute. And when John, John the Baptist, spoke of Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, he spoke those words as Jesus was coming to him to be baptized. Understand that John was speaking of Jesus in the present tense, which means that as Jesus was about to begin his public ministry of being our substitute, he already bore upon himself the sins of the world. And so he was baptized for our sins. Now it is true, Jesus has no sin. He's perfect. He's holy without sin. But John tells us that he carried upon himself our sin. Our sin. He took our doubts, our weaknesses, our failures upon himself. He took our anxieties, our fears, our worries upon himself. Isaiah tells us he took our iniquities and our sorrows upon himself. He took our bad jokes and filthy language upon himself. He took our anger upon himself. He took the sins that we struggle with every day upon himself. He took our sinful pride and our boasting upon himself. He took the sins that we don't even realize we do every day upon himself. And John tells us to look at that blameless, spotless lamb who carried our sins upon him. There's a sight. My sins were upon him. Your sins were upon him. Which means they are not upon us. And the Lamb of God went down into the Jordan and received John's baptism, which was a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He was washed for us. Certainly, it was proper for John to baptize Jesus to fulfill all righteousness. The word substitution captures perfectly what happened at the Jordan River. Now, on the one hand, there is a difference between Jesus' baptism and our baptism. Jesus is sinless. He has no sin. The spotless Lamb took, and took our sins upon Him and was washed of the sins we committed. And His baptism marks His substitution. But on the other hand, Christ's baptism and our baptism are the same in the respect that 
our sins are washed away on account of his substitution. There's a sight. There's the Lamb of God. And John tells us to look at him. So to be baptized into Christ means we are united to Christ, to his death and resurrection. We are united to his baptism and his substitutionary work. That's the baptism we, that we are united to. That's the baptism that we are, that we are receiving. If you look in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, it says, All of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. This is explained even more in Romans chapter 6, where he says that all who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. Baptism unites us to Jesus Christ. It unites us to his death and resurrection. Even in 1 Peter chapter 3, it tells us, Baptism saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Like I said, it, it, our baptism unites us to Christ, to his death and resurrection. That's the reason why baptism saves us. And why it gives us the forgiveness of sins. Because it unites us to Christ. And whoever believes this has eternal life. So remember this crucial point. That because of Jesus and his substitution, his going to the cross and shedding his own pure, perfect blood, his baptism and our baptism have eternal value. And consider this. At Jesus' baptism, we see the Trinity. We see the Father. The Father speaks from heaven. The Son is baptized. The Holy Spirit descends like a dove and remains upon Jesus. At our baptism, the Trinity is also present. Whenever someone is baptized, we all hear the same words. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Although we do not physically see the Holy Spirit present at our baptism, He was there. Working through water and the Word, to create or strengthen our faith. Although we did not physically see the Son at our baptism, He was there, clothing you with His righteousness and His substitutionary work. Although you didn't see heaven open and the Father speaking down, He was there and declared through His Word that you are His beloved child, with whom he is well pleased. Yes, we didn't physically, with our eyes, see the Trinity. But by faith, with the eyes of faith, we know God was present. We know he was there and gives us all the blessings of Christ's substitution. That is an amazing truth. And so do not think of your baptism as any less than Christ's baptism. They are really one and the same. 
As Martin Luther once said, you should not separate your baptism from Christ's baptism. Christ's baptism is your baptism, and your baptism, Christ's baptism. In every respect, one baptism. As we confess in the Nicene Creed, we believe in one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. As it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5, it says, one faith, or sorry, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And John's baptism is no different from the baptism which we receive today. So baptism is not some useless thing. It's not some good work that we just do for God because we want to please Him. No. Baptism is in every respect God's work in us. And here's the reason why. For example, when an ambassador to the United States does things on behalf of the President of the United States, it is as certain as a president himself doing those things. So also, a, a pastor or Christian who, who baptizes an individual is an ambassador because of baptizing in the name of God. And so it is really God who is baptizing. It is really God's work in us. For all these reasons, it's easy to see why John the Baptist spoke of baptism as a need. He knew he was a sinner. He knew that he was of this world just like you and I are. We are conceived in sin and we sin every day. And that's why it's so important to remember the words of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul said, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Understand, Paul said this in his mature years. He didn't say this when he was still a Pharisee. He said this as a mature Christian. He said, I am the worst. He didn't say, uh, you know, I used to be the worst. Not anymore. No. He said, I am the worst. And that is our confession as well. That was John the Baptist's confession. And because John knew that baptism gives him the forgiveness of sins and all the blessings of Christ, he confessed his need for baptism, as do we all. Baptism is a need. Even Brent knew that, who defied his doctor's advice. For baptism unites us to Christ and gives us all the blessings of Christ. All of the things that, are, that Christ has done as our substitute. So remember your baptisms daily, Christians. Remember them daily that it is through faith that the benefits of baptism are yours. Remember that through faith, baptism unites you to God, to Christ. Through your baptism, you are a new creation. And Christ's resurrection is yours because the Scriptures say that. Baptism 
saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remember Christ's baptism and His work of substitution, fulfilling the law perfectly for us, and then dying on the cross to shed His blood for us. Remember that because that is a reason all of these blessings in baptism are ours. So remember these promises so that your new man daily arises to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. And you might be thinking, what in the world is he saying? New man daily arises. It means that because our old self, the old ways of our lives, the way we used to sin and love it and desire it is gone. It's crucified with Christ. The new man in us wants to please God. It wants to obey His commands. It wants to love each other, serve each other. That's what that means. That our new man daily arises to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. And just like Jesus went up from the Jordan to finish that work, that substitution of saving us, we have work to do ourselves. You have opportunities to read God's Word every day by yourself, with your family, with your children, to grow in wisdom and understanding of our Savior. You have opportunities to serve each other here, to continue to pray for each other here, asking each other, hey, how can I help you out? Hey, do you have something that Hmm, you know, maybe I, I can pray about that for you. Let me know if there's something you need. You have opportunities to be kind to each other, to love each other. You have opportunities in your work to be a light. Opportunities to be a light at home. Opportunities to be a light at school. You have opportunities to obey God's Ten Commandments. You have opportunities to live self-controlled and upright lives. You have opportunities to be respectful, to show restraint, to show integrity. You have opportunities this new year to live in repentance and faith. Now, Brent, after he was baptized, he... Only had a few more days left. And he soon fell asleep. But Brent was baptized into Christ Jesus. And he knew and believed that he is united to Christ in baptism and received all his blessings. And now he is looking upon the Lamb of God in all his glory. May we too look upon the Lamb of God. May we too think about Christ's baptism and so think of our baptism so that we may also find eternal joy in our baptism as Brent did in his. Amen.